Have you ever found yourself in a predicament? Have you ever found yourself in a, in a place, in a position where, where uh, things are just difficult? And then maybe not just one predicament, but maybe it's a series of predicaments. Like, you know, maybe you have, you have one uh, troubling day. You have one troubling event. You're like, I can handle one. And maybe there's a couple small ones. And you're like, yeah, I can kind of roll with it. It's not great. But, but have you ever experienced like a tsunami of trouble? Like everything you do just seems to be the wrong thing. And every step you take, you are met with more and more problems and more and more difficulties. And you, you keep what you wonder, man, how am I going to be able to get myself out of this one? You know, I was able to take care of that one. I said, you know, the first couple I was able to roll with, but man, now they just seem to be piling on each other. And I don't know what, it, I don't know what to do. Maybe your patience is running thin. Maybe uh, the problems that you're running into are out of your depth. And you're like, ha, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even know where to begin with that one. And maybe you begin to find your patience and your finances and you know, just relationships are just running thin, running short. And maybe today you're thinking, Mike, that was Monday. That was Monday last week. And I was looking, like, I have the rest of the week to deal with. How am I just going to get through Monday? I wonder how often we forget. I wonder how often we forget just in the dailiness of life. In our light and momentary troubles and the tsunamis of trouble that we may face. That God is always there with us. See, too often, I think we live as though God lives in some faraway place. He lives in some distant land. He is far from us. He is too far away to be close to the hurt. He's too far away to be close to the brokenhearted. And too often we live our lives practically as if God doesn't intervene in the affairs of men. Yet time and time again, right? Not only in scripture, but even when some of us could probably give testimony in our life as well how we have experienced God's presence. We've experienced God's wisdom. We've experienced uh, uh, God's help in those times of need. And time and time again, we see that God is not only present, but providing. He's not only comforting, but he's choosing to act on behalf of his children. Yet sadly, there have been times in, even in my own life where I thought the only solution I had was the solution I came up with. Maybe I, I, I told you, you know, we just had to run with what my thought was instead of realizing that God not only had a better option, but an easier option, an option that was going to uh, be more fulfilling, more helpful in that moment. I went running with what I thought instead of waiting to see more clearly what God had in store, something that was altogether better. Maybe you've experienced the same thing. And we hope to learn. We hope to grow from that experience, but, but, but you know, that we would more naturally seek God's will. That we would take our cares, our concerns to God in prayer and even learn to be more daily dependent upon him. But just like us, the Israelites were slow to learn. Just like us, they tended to try to do things their own way. They tried to, you know, they only saw what was in front of them. They were often blinded by the problems that they saw, and they were unable to see the possibilities available around them. And when we fail to consider the possibilities God might make available, we often find ourselves spiraling into more and more destructive patterns of behavior. 
And so if you would, today, as we continue uh, walking our way through the book of Exodus, we're going to find ourselves in Exodus 17. And so if you want to turn along with me there, if not, like I said, you can find that on the, uh, the version Bible app there with our, our notes, the, the, the scripture is right there for you. And as the, 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 the Israelites, it's been about two months since they've left Egypt. They've been, uh, two, it's been two months since the plagues. It's been two months since uh, uh, they, they have, uh, the Passover has been two months since they have uh, left slavery. And so this, this freedom that they've experienced is something altogether new. This is still a new life, a new concept for them. And so they've not yet, they've made it through the Red Sea, but they've not yet made it to Sinai. And so uh, there they are there. They don't yet have the 10 commandments. So they're, they're still kind of learning and adapting to this new life of freedom but they're not yet uh, coalesced around a, 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 a central plan as a central law that they, they, they just know that we're following Moses. Moses got out of, uh, us out of freedom and we're following him. And, and th- as they go along, they, God is leading them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. And so as they go along, uh, they, 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 they don't know where they're going. They don't, they don't have GPS. They don't have an atlas. They don't have any kind of map. They, they, they're just like, wherever the cloud goes, we go. Wherever Moses points, that's where we go. And they, they gather together and they, they move as a group. And there's, there's probably about a million of them. Okay, so this is not a small group. It's not like a, a small family moving along in the desert. There's a whole bunch of them. And so as they experience these new challenges of this new life, like where are we going to get food? Where are we going to get water? You know, we had some back there, but, but where are we going to go next? Where are we going to shop? Where are we going to hunt? Where are we going to find food? Where are we gonna find, where are we, how are we going to meet our daily needs. Where are we going to sleep? How are we going to find this place, set up camp so we can rest tonight? And all these things, but yet as they move along, God continues to show them how he will provide for them. Yet daily they go, how will these things be provided for us? And so Exodus 17 reads this. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin traveling from place to place at the Lord, as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us out of Egypt? to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst. And then Moses turned and he cried out to God, why, what am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord answered Moses, go, go out in front of the people and take some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. And I will stand there before you at the rock at Horeb. And strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. And so Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massah and Meribah, because there the Israelites quarreled, because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? They were traveling in the desert. Now, I don't know about you. I've not done a whole lot of traveling. I've not done a whole lot of exploration in the desert, but I have done quite a bit of hiking and long distance run training. And one thing that seems to be very important in these things is hydration. 
And so each day, God would rise up as a pillar of cloud and he would move them from place to place. At night, as they would begin to, to gather in camp, they, he, that, that pillar of cloud would turn, turn to a pillar of fire. And maybe it would help them come to find a resting place. And the, the, the days in the desert uh, were, would be quite hot. Maybe that cloud kind of provided shade for them. And at night, as the, as the air tended to, would get cool, that fire would provide warmth. I don't know if you've ever gone camping and you know, maybe the, the, the nights start to get cool and you, you build a little campfire and you begin to sit real close, right? There's something about that crisp, cool uh, night air and all of a sudden you're just around a campfire and you, you, all of a sudden you just feel the warmth of the flames. Can you imagine the, the warmth that God provided with, as a pillar of fire at night? The safety he provided as, as maybe it kept predators at bay and they would move from spot to spot. And you can almost imagine maybe, maybe they travel for a few days. We're going you know, to get, we're going to move, we're going to get, we're going to move, we're going to get. And, and after a while, maybe the children, the livestock, maybe they, they just need a day off. So maybe they stop and they park somewhere for a couple of days and just let everybody rest, let everybody recuperate as they're making their way through the desert. And, and as they would get up and move, as they would move along, they were slowly making their way to the promised land. The place that God had in store for them. The place that he told Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this is the place that your family, my people, will live forever. And they come to this place called Rephidim. And as they've been traveling along, all of a sudden they get to Rephidim, and there is no water. There's no water. And that, that's, that's a bit of a problem. Yeah, we don't know exactly where this place was, but we do know no water was there. And so as they, 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 for some, maybe that's a little bit of a setback. Going, you know, I'm, I, I had plenty of water back there, but my, my, you know, my, my, my cooler's out. My, my, my water bottle's out. I, I, I don't have enough water to go on. And they're looking at their, their, their uh, livestock. They're looking at their animals and they're going, man, they're, they're, they're dying. I mean, they're just dying of thirst and they, you know, their, their tongues are out and they're, they just need some water to drink, but there's no water to be found. There's no water to be found. As they begin to look, all of a sudden they're like, they've looked everywhere and there's nothing. And so they begin to quarrel with Moses, right? Give us water to drink. That, that word quarrel talks about verbal combat. Okay. So, so this is not just a minor disagreement. Anyone here ever, ever had a minor disagreement? Yeah. It's not, it's not just even a difference of opinion. It's not even friendly debate. This is like raised voices. This is, you know, maybe a little bit of insult. There, there, is, there, there is some verbal combat going on here. They are mad. They want water to drink and they want it now. They're feeling threatened because there's been some times they've had some good water to drink and they are all run dry. And then they use their favorite phrase. Maybe we, we, we saw this last week. We'll see this quite a bit this week. If, if you read through uh, the, 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 the travels of the Israelites from Egypt to the promised land, they say this line a lot. They go, why did you bring us out of Egypt? If only we were to just come out here and to die of thirst. Uh, we would, if it was suffer here or suffer there, we would rather suffer there because there we had everything. We had plenty of food. We had plenty of drink. We would have rather died at the hands of the Egyptians than to be out here. We would have rather, they were so blinded by their current situation that they would have rather been in slavery and mistreated by Egypt than on the road to the place where God wanted them to go. 
says, Moses, if we're going to die, you should just left us there. Now, on one hand, you could just chalk this up to like a breaking in period of traveling with a, maybe a new group of people with a new group with a new leader on a new road to a new place. They, they, they're just, they're still just trying to feel each other out. They're trying to figure out how all this is going to work. But it's, if you look back, they've experienced some of this before. I mean, flip, flip back a couple pages and, and you'll see they come to a place where uh, th- th- there, there was some water, but the water tasted horrible. Has anyone here ever tasted like bad well water? And there's a, a church I served in the Chicago area uh, where the, 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 their, their water came from a well, uh, but literally it, the well water tasted as if they had melted down pennies and put it in the water. I mean, you took a drink and you're like, Argh! like I had a, uh, I would take a large water bottle from bring a large water bottle from home. So I would have water to drink while I was there working. Cause it just tastes, it just tasted awful. It was horrible. And, and so they get to this place and, and, and the water is terrible. I mean, you just, you drink, this is like undrinkable water. They're like Moses, what are we going to do with this water? We can't drink it. And God said, Moses, you see that piece of wood, take that wood and throw it in the water. Moses goes over, he picks up this little piece of wood, takes the wood, throws it in the water. All of a sudden, the water becomes sweet, becomes fit to drink. They see God provide for them. Oh, this water that was horrible. You know, you, can you imagine that, that first sip afterwards? They're going, ooh, that's, that's better. That's, that's not as bitter. That's, that's not as awful. That, that's, that's, pretty, that's good water. They move along from there and they get to another place and, and their food supply starts to run out. And they're like, Moses, we, we, we are out of all out of food. We're all out of food. And, and, and so really, you brought us out here to die of, 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 of not only thirst, but now we're going to die of, of hunger. Did you bring, you know, we, 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 we could just, we, if we were going to starve to death, we could just starve to death in Egypt. This complaint starts to sound familiar. Man, just, just leave us there. If we're going to die, just, we would have rather died there. We had everything we needed. God comes to them. And Moses says, God, what are we going to do? And God, the Lord says to Moses, tomorrow I will rain down bread from heaven. I'll rain down bread from heaven. I will give you what they call manna. So there's all this bread that would come down from heaven. They were supposed to gather a certain amount for each family. You know, larger families would gather more, smaller families would gather less. And they were to gather just what they needed for each day. Just what they needed for each day because God was going to provide daily for them. But bread wasn't just enough, right? A little bit later, like, God, we'd like to have some meat, right? we'd like to have some meat along with this bread. And so they continue to grumble to God. They grumble to Moses and God says, you want at twilight, they will have plenty of meat to eat. And he brings in all of this, all all of these quail. Can you imagine enough quail to feed like a million people? Can you imagine how many quail that would be? And they bring, and and God says, they they, they have so much quail that they eat it. And it's just like, they they almost are overstuffed with it. They're almost getting sick on the quail. He's like, you do not trust me to provide for you. To know that I am the Lord. Your God. Now, just let it be known. These people, let's look at how God had provided for them. 
while in Egypt, he brings Moses back and he provides 10 plagues. They see these 10 plagues. They don't experience them, but they see the Egyptians experiencing these 10 plagues against them. God sets them free. They they walk out of Egypt. They find themselves pinned between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. And these people see God open up the Red Sea so they can walk across on dry ground. When the Egyptian army goes into the sea, the water comes back down, crashing upon them. God delivers them again. They're at at Mara. They have the bitter water that God uh, turns sweet with a piece of wood. Here, God provides manna and he provides quail for them. God has provided over and over and over. Not only that, he's provided clear direction. The pillar of cloud with the pillar of fire has provided warmth and safety at night. They come to this place where there is no water and they have the gall to say, did you bring us out here to die? Did you bring us out here to us in our lives? Did you bring us out of Egypt to die here? Like, you not seen how God has provided for you all along the way? Moses, Moses seems to have forgotten too, right? Because Moses goes to God and goes, what am I to do with these people? They're about ready to stone me. And Moses should have gone to God and said, God, you provide for us here and you provide us for us there. How, how are you? What's the plan to provide for us here? I know you're going to provide. For, he, he doesn't say that. He's like, what am I to do? He is like feeling threatened for his own life instead of going to God expectant to see how God is going to provide for them yet again here. And God is patient. God, God doesn't erupt on Moses. He just says this. He says, Hey, go, go out in front of the people and take the elders, take the leaders of the people and take your staff. You know, that staff that you struck the Nile with the struck, the, 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 the staff that, that started and stopped so many of the plagues go out there in front of the people and stand before there. And I'll be there with you. And there strike the rock that I tell you to hit and water will be provided for the people. To drink. Moses goes before the people. He takes his staff. He hits the rock and there's water. Water for everyone. Water for the people to drink. Moses called the place Massah and Meribah. Because the Israelites quarreled and tested God. Because the Israelites quarreled and tested God there. They'd seen how God delivered them each step along the way. But here they still quarreled and tested God. God continues to show himself with power yet time and time again. And time and time again, the people miss it. There's another time, a time much later, they come to another place that has no water. And you'd think they'd go, you know what? God provided water when we had no water in this place. Surely he will do it again, Right? Because they're going to they're gonna learn. They're going to learn from their, the, the past. They're going to see how God has provided for them. Yet God is going to provide for them once again. No, right? There, they quarreled with Moses again. If only we had died when our brothers fell. If only we had died back then. Why did you bring us into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us out of Egypt to this terrible place. 
No grain, no figs, no grapevine. There's nothing. And there's no water to drink. Why did you bring us out of Egypt to this terrible place to die? They haven't learned. They haven't learned that all along the way, God will provide for them. God again has Moses take his staff and go stand before the people. But this time he tells Moses, do not strike the rock, speak to the rock. Don't don't strike the rock, speak to the rock. Because God is moving them from having to show himself with power to trying to build them into a free people that he can have a relationship with. He he wants for them to, to draw close. See, when they were first coming out of Egypt, they were familiar with responding to the rod of the slave driver. And so God had Moses speak to them as slaves. But as they approach the promised land, he's trying to help them live as a free people. No longer is it might makes right. God longs to be a people who lives among his people. Oh, certainly he was God. Certainly he was over them. But his desire was that they would come to know him. And they would not draw near if they were afraid. They would not draw near if they feared the rod. But Moses... In his anger, because he's frustrated because these people continue to test God and test his leadership and push him and push God. Instead of speaking to the rock, he strikes the rock. And for that, Moses doesn't get to go into the promised land. See, in both situations, God brings water from a rock. Now, when you're, you're probably thinking that if you need water, there are a lot of places you can go for water, right? You can go to the store, you can go to the tap, you you, you can go to maybe a river or a creek or a pond. How many of you guys ever gone to a rock for water? Yeah, I wouldn't either. Because the rock is not the first place we think of when we go to find water. But many years later, Paul makes connection to these two rocks. And the person of Jesus he says they all ate the same spiritual food, pointing to the manna. He says they all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. That God provided for them through the person of Jesus. God longs to provide for us. He wants to be the supplier of all that we need. And so when they needed food, God rained down bread. He rained down manna from heaven. When they needed meat, he provided it in the form of quail. And when they needed water, he provided it even from a rock. See, if God can abundantly care and take care of all of our needs, how much more can he handle even the bigger things in our life? How has he provided for us? He's provided for us these things in Christ. How does he provide for our sin problem in Christ? How does he help us with our relationship? He shows us love through Jesus. How does he show us how to handle ra- racial uh, relational reconciliation? By showing his peace through Jesus. Sometimes we face difficulties in our life. We face uh, hardships. We face uh, uh, predicament after predicament. And sometimes it's just a tsunami of trouble. And sometimes he wants us just to rest and to know that he's there. And sometimes we get running ahead of God, thinking that our plan is best 
instead of waiting to hear from him, how he is going to provide for us. And we ask God, where are you? It's because we ran away. We ran in our direction. We ran after our things. Instead of waiting to hear from him and seeing how he's going to provide in our life. He provides us <clears throat> these things <clears throat> in Jesus. One day Jesus was teaching the people. He climbed up a mountain and, and he began to speak to them. And one of the things he said that day was blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. See if God was able to fill their bellies and quench their thirst, how much more does he long to fill us? with more of himself. God does not long for any of us to be alone. God does not long for any of us to walk alone. He is with us each step of the way. He doesn't want us to feel stuck. He doesn't want us to feel as if we are in a predicament that's over our head. Wondering where it came from and where do we go from here? Like the Israelites, he longs to have a relationship with us to advance us in our adventure in faith. See, if you've been a believer for any length of time, you know that faith is as much adventure as it is rest. It is as much journey as it is sitting in peace. And God doesn't want them to go back to Egypt. And God doesn't want us to go backward either. There is a forward advancement. God is always moving us toward. We might have taken a detour. But we don't have to go back to go forward. He can work us back to him. It always wants us to move forward in our faith. Forward closer to relationship with him. We make the route interesting, don't we? Sometimes we take the scenic route to God. Sometimes we go our own way and do our own thing. God doesn't want us to go back to our own Egypt. He doesn't want us to live in slavery anymore. He wants us to know true freedom in Christ. As we think about that in the life of our church, as we are seeking to move forward and as we seek to advance in what God wants for us, how is he going to provide for us? And we, we look at the budget from year, from, from the last couple of years and we go, man, things have felt kind of lean. So God, how are you going to provide for us yet again? to be able to make things, to make finances work, to make the numbers work so that we can continue to provide ministry in this place. We've seen him provide for us in the past. We look forward to seeing how he will provide for us in the future. As we think about ministries, we think about serving uh, our church and serving our community. Who, who is he going to raise up from among us to serve those? What, 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 what are the ideas? What are the, uh, the, 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 the opportunities that we might have as a body to serve those in our community? They don't have to just come from my office. They don't have to come from me. They don't have to come from David. They can, they can come from you. Maybe God is, is, is planted seed in your life. How does God want to use you in this place to to offer hope, to offer grace, to offer his love to those around us. Maybe there's 
a spark inside of you that God's been just prodding. He's trying to breathe in the flame in your life. Maybe that's one way God's going to provide for us an open door to begin to meet needs in our community. Mike, I don't know how to get this done. I have this idea, but where do we, where do we go from, from here? Let's have a conversation. Maybe we can begin knocking on a few doors. Maybe there's some, some, some people we can find some resources. Maybe there's someone we can just partner with. Maybe someone's already doing the work and we can just come alongside them and begin to partner with them to show the love of Christ to those in need in our area. Sometimes those mountains seem way too high, way too difficult. How are we going to overcome them? So maybe, so my challenge for you this week is to identify a place where maybe you don't fully trust God. Maybe there's a place in your life that you're, you're, you're holding back. God, I, can I really trust you there? Maybe it's water to drink. Maybe it's spiritual food to eat. God, can I really trust what I'm reading? Can I trust what I'm hearing? Can I trust that you will walk with me into that area? Are you calling me to there? Are you calling me to do that thing? I am scared to death because I might have to talk in front of people. I might have to step out where there may be no safety net. Do we trust God there? that God will walk with us each step of the way. Where is that place? Identify that place where you don't fully trust God and pray. Pray that God will help you hand that over to him. And that in that place where you have that trouble, where you have that predicament, that he will not only be present there, but he'll provide just what you need so you can move forward in faith. Maybe today you need to take that first step into freedom. Maybe today you need to make Jesus your savior. That if you haven't done so, that, that we'd love to talk with you. I'll be in the back after the service. Uh, Jim will be here. Dave will be here as well. And we would love to speak with you and, and begin to help you walk through that process of making Jesus your savior. Maybe today that step you need to take is, is another step further in your faith. You've been a believer for a while, but, but you need to walk into continue pro- progressing in that freedom. Maybe there's something that you, that God's calling you into that maybe you're just a, a little scared to, to take that step. You're, ta- you're, 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 you're a little unsure about how to advance in your spiritual journey. And we would love to help you grow in your walk with Jesus. You can talk to us in the back. Maybe today you just want to uh, use the connection card at cchmd.com connect. There's some boxes there that might describe what next step you need to take. And we would uh, love to, to, you can mark that box and send that to us. and. We can follow up and pray for you and help resource you and help encourage you in your journey. See, there's times in, our, in each of our faith walk that we find ourselves in need. We find our, we, the, 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 the times when we find ourselves most spiritually wanting to know that God is never too far from us. He longs to fill us with more of himself. And that we can trust him because he is good. And he wants good for us. He's shown himself. He's, he, he has a track record of providing for his children each and every step along the way. And the good he wants for us can only be provided by him. And as we learn to trust him, as we learn to grow in our walk with him, 
we receive the blessing of being used by God. And he receives the glory from our obedience and serving him. So as we go this week, may we learn to trust him more each day. And may we give ourselves more freely and more openly to our savior that we might experience the freedom he has for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you provide so fully for us. Father, I thank you that you have given us all that we need in Jesus. Father, we can walk each step of the way, trusting that you are good. Father, whether it's water in the desert or, 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 or lack of food or, Father, maybe it's, we're just not feeling your present. Father, we, 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 we don't know what step to take. We don't know what ministry, what, what, what position, how we can serve you. How can we help? You know, who is it that we need to talk to about your goodness in our life? Who is it that you want us to share our faith with? Father, how can we serve those who are most near to us? How can we serve those around us so that they may know and experience your love as well? Father, you are good. And you prove yourself over and over again in scripture. Father, may we learn to trust you. Father, will you use us to help others to see and know you? Father, will we be filled with you and your presence? Father, we long to draw close to you. Would you help us know and understand you and to freely give what you've freely given to us? Lord, we thank you for Jesus. And in his name I pray. Amen. Hey, we are glad that you have joined us here today. We hope you have a great week and look forward to seeing you guys again next Sunday.